Hailing frequencies are open, and hello, everybody. Welcome back to Clear Skies, our Star Trek Adventures live play here with the Stream Punks. We are down one Aki tonight, um, but I understand that they are regenerating, and they will be back oh, to us as soon as the regeneration cycle is complete. <laughs> and they have paid for all of the damages that regeneration typically causes. <laughs> Good Lord, Aki. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I went to Borg regeneration. Oh. You are a dark dark person <laughs> it's, my goodness hit me. <laughs> me um so let's go ahead and jump into some announcements real quick um real quick my personal announcements uh gax pack is changing days we are no longer on saturday we are on sundays now from 1 Ooh. to 4 p.m so you will be able to catch us this coming sunday from 1 to 4 p.m also founders and legends is coming up so stay tuned for information on that um i should go ahead and announce this now because it's already posted up on youtube and on Twitter, but uh, Star Jam's coming back, y'all. Um, uh, we announced it to our Patreon a couple of days ago, but um, if you enjoyed that wacky ass uh, one-shot D&D star, uh, star uh, sp spell jammer <laughs> game that we played uh, where we had a dragon and an elderly gnome and what were you playing, Xander? I was a goat uh, centaur. That's right, you were a satyr. No, you were a centaur. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, <laughs> by the way, still, still play the game the immovable rod on the illicit oh, yeah, Nautilus. Still, Bonnie Gordon, play of the effing game. Immovable rod. You're not going anywhere. Play of the game. Um, so Star Jam is coming back. There isn't uh, information on the date just yet, so stay tuned for that. We'll be announcing that as it comes, but uh, we hope you guys enjoy. Spelljammer was a blast. We'll have more information about that coming up. Uh, Blood of the Void is next Monday, so get your Klingon. Um, that's coming up next Monday and uh, in the same uh, time slot. Also, last announcement before we uh, hand it off to, to the other announcements. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, there is a certain masterful mallet that is now available on the, oh, Stream, yeah. Punks, on the Stream Punk's Twitch store. Um, and as uh, as the masterful mallet says, uh, if, you, if you feel like uh, grabbing that, it will make you feel young again. <laughs> and young again. And old again. And young again. And old again. Uh, so check that out. Um, I haven't heard what Talison has. Uh, I, I showed it to Talison. He hasn't gotten back to me yet, but uh, uh -huh. I, I hope he likes it. Um, right, and that's all the announcements I got. Nope. Go back again and uh, add D&D Live. That's what I was going to say. What about D&D Live? Something we can happened? go and check out the yeah. VOD for it. <laughs> oh, yes. The VOD for D&D Live is up now. Yeah, I got to sit down and chat with uh, B Dave and Satine. Man, that was such a great roundtable. I got to meet KG. I I never met him before. Um, super. And Xander, you had a game. Is I did. Yeah, it, with a couple of guys from Beetle and Grimm's, uh, Deborah Ann Wall, B. Dave Walters, and Seth Green. We did. We played uh, elaborate level one characters that went up against a horrible beast that killed us right away. Yay! Yep. <laughs> and then we saw Gina and Joey's face everywhere. Yeah. In the advertisements for uh, that was that was a lot of fun. The D Beyond. Yeah. The D D Beyond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was pretty rad. It's pretty cool. Yeah, so the VOD for D&D Live is up. We hope you enjoy it. Um, let's see. Anybody else have any announcements? 
Yeah, well, I'll keep going. That that the D and D live VOD. So catch my game. It was the last one on there uh, for day two. And then uh, Bonnie and I are on a new uh, Pathfinder show on Wednesday nights on the official Paizo channel called Secrets of Magic. Secrets of Magic. Yay! <laughs> so uh, that's very exciting. That's starting up. And um, I, I wanted to let people know about a Call of Cthulhu one shot that I did um, called the Auction, and it was taking an old. Yeah, version that was redone uh, in the new rule sets with Becca Scott, and that's on the Good Time Society YouTube. It looks so good. It was, was a I, ton of fun. I cornered Becca at D and D Live, and I was like, "How did you make that look so good? It's so good." <gasps> it was in the living room. I know. <laughs> Katie Michaels, incredible set design. It's so and good. It, it worked. I'm so impressed. Jake Michaels, y'all. And Katie, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Gina, did you have one? Yeah, speaking of the incredible, uh, all of those people that you're talking about, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the Calyx, the four shot that I'm doing with Becca um, is currently still running. Our third episode's airing tomorrow. Uh, the Sorority of the Unordinary is what our series is called. So and it's actually turning into just like one of my favorite mini shots that's happening right now. It got really emotional and connected really quickly. Aww. And we know we're gonna die probably. <laughs> Like breaking our little hearts because oh, no. it's getting uh, it's getting deep and really fun. So check it out. Right on. We got anything else? Any other announcements? Oh yeah, Friday. Oh Friday. yeah, Friday. What's Friday. Happening Friday? Uh, over. We are going to be um, Xander and I for failed save. Uh, we unlocked a very special nuptials episode, <laughs> and my character got uh, the t t ceremony ability, so I'm going to marry some people next oh, year. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, We're doing it in person at the Scabby yeah. Rooster, and my character, Bora, and Abria Iyengar's character, Fess, they're getting married. Getting married. Oh, y'all going to be D&D &D married. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. lovely. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Friday. What time is that? Seven. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. Cool. Because I'm gonna watch the hell out of that. Yeah. Um, anything else? You got anything else? I'm sure I got some that I don't even. know. I was gonna before. say, what's going on with Bonnie? Like, I don't, I don't even know anymore. That's okay. I'm good, y'all. Yeah. Watch my socials. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sam, what's the story with PowerPlay? Oh, um, it's ongoing. Um, so that isn't like, there's no news there. Um, but in terms of announcements, uh, next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, as in just too long that I can't raid from my morning stream, oh. whoops, um, will be the beginning of a short run of the second season of a show called Andor on Roll Together RPG, which we have not really worked with too much, but there are a bunch of really fun people I've gotten to roll like one shots with, and now I get to do a four shot uh, with them and coming in as I always do as like a relief pitcher for a second season. <laughs> um, and I'm really, really excited about it. I've done some funky things with D&D &D races that are not canonically compliant, and I'm really excited about it. Um, so please catch that. That's a Roll Together RPG starting next Tuesday at uh, 10 a.m. Pacific time. Um, yeah. Awesome. Uh, but 
tonight <laughs> is not about weird things I do with Kalishtar. Tonight, we go to space. <laughs> and I'm excited. It's been a while. <laughs> All right. I think with that, let's jump into tonight's episode of Clear Skies. Welcome back, everybody. So let's go ahead and jump into tonight's episode of Clear Skies. We last left off at a cliffhanger moment, which is unusual for us. So <laughs> let's uh, let's pick up exactly where we left off. Uh, Azari Sull, captain of the USS Ross, has just received word from an old friend across the quadrants. Uh, across the quadrants, a long-distance message on subspace finally received indicating that the Orion Crime Syndicate, which Azari Sull thought they took a big hand in destroying, after the Dominion War, supposedly is still around and maybe was never destroyed to begin with. Kind of like cockroaches, those criminals. But uh, that wasn't the only thing that was taking place. The USS Ross has just finished two and a half weeks of grueling negotiation with uh, representatives from the Dominion and Cardassia over reparations to the Dominion War. And it has been spectacularly successful thanks to the efforts of Olin Majanil and uh, the diplomacy staff, the diplomatic staff. Unfortunately, as a result of two and a half weeks of grueling diplomacy, long hours and hard work, our ambassador tonight is taking the night off. <laughs> um, if you remember last game to reflect how hard and how long those hours were, I actually damaged <laughs> Olin Majanil and spent breath and started them out with two stress on their damage track. So to reflect that, Olin is going to bed with the job well done. Now, I will tell y'all, the USS Ross, being the diplomatic flagship of the Federation, has really earned her keep. These were, this was the third round of negotiations, two and a half weeks, and it was not easy. But the Ross hosting these events over the skies of Cardassia Prime has managed to succeed in locking down the next phase of war reparations, which are being made possible by the voice of a single changeling that returned after a long stint on DS9 named Odo. 
has opened the doors to ensuring that reparations can be enacted for both Cardassia and for the Alpha Quadrant. So, big deal. The Ross has completed a very difficult, very successful mission. And if you didn't catch that last episode, it was spectacular because the USS Ross, up until now, has been a combat patrol vessel, has been a science exploration vessel, has been a rescue vessel, and she was built to be all of these things with a specialty in diplomacy. And oh boy, the successes were flying last episode. The diplomacy was indeed happening. There was some Diplo and there was some Messi. And it happened. That was my joke. And Xander appreciated it. Right, Xander? Kind of? No? All right. Actual drinks got spilled, so I think the the messy? Very Appreciate much. Appreciate is a strong uh. word. <laughs> I use a strong word. Um, all right. We're going to start today's episode off with... We're going to actually start... We're actually going to start today's episode off with McCrell. Yeah. Walking into the counseling office after Alpha Shift has come to an end, after, as I said, a grueling day of negotiations. The, the, the diplomats and all of the folks that have been working in tandem with this diplomatic effort are starting to slowly depart the Ross and either return to the, uh, return to Cardassia Prime or the prospective governments. So the ship is starting to slowly empty out of dignitaries, as it were. So it's kind of a... And it's always that, it's that busyness between the alpha and beta shifts that always sprouts up. Um, as a quick reminder too, because I don't want to let this go, but Captain, if you, were, if you remember just to put this on your radar as a brief reminder, the Ox crew has requested a martial arts tournament. Yes, and so. I believe I requested a scope and mm -hmm. rules. Yep, yes. yep, yep. And uh, as Michento has promised and you- that no holes in the ship. Captain, right. no and holes no hold, in the ship. I think that no was, in hold. fact, the rule. It, it was. It was, in fact, one of the rules. So um, so just keep that in the back of your mind because this quality of life is still taking place on board the Ross. The crew of the USS Ross has had to keep itself busy during this very, uh, a, this very difficult time of constantly hosting these dignitaries. Now that that is coming to an end, there are some recreational activities that are being enacted. Thanks largely in part to our Patreon supporters who are requesting the scene of a martial arts tournament. <laughs> so here we are. Um, that being said, uh, as the crew is starting to acclimate to the changing of the guard, the hallways of the USS Ross are quite filled. And as you're making your way across the deck, McCrell, you are... See, it's it's just adding to the stress as you're walking past crew members who are nodding to you and greeting you as the shifts are changing, people coming and going out of the quarters. Um, you can hear friends laughing as they're acquainting themselves with each other after a long day of like changing shifts, people starting to wind down, people talking about heading to 10 forward. There's a conversation about a Parisi Squares tournament next month in the holodeck. You, you're seeing all of like the, the day in the life of as you're walking by and you cannot shake the image of what you saw in your office just an hour ago out of your mind as you're heading towards uh, the counselor's office. When you reach the doors as crew members are filtering past you. Does McCrell go in or does McCrell stay out? I go in. I had an appointment. Okay. Step inside. Shh. Exio, 
It's literally the very first minute of your duty shift as uh, head counselor of the ship. You have blooped down here and changed from the red to blue uniforms, and you are just now looking over in your mind your appointment schedule. And in the in the one second it takes you to flip through all the data, the moment you identify McCrell's name is when the door opens and Dr. McCrell steps in. And she steps yeah. right. Uh the like millisecond before you enter, I've had a handful of um, uh, crew members flagged since we've been here in case they get appointments, in case they requested an appointment to be bumped up to emergency appointments that I've been leaving open because we're over at Cardassia and I know that this is going to be a difficult time for everyone. So she's ready and waiting and you're first up in the day. <sighs> Good morning. Well, <laughs> hello. Hello, Commander. I'm sorry to add such an immediate meeting to your schedule. Not at all. We've had so much diplomatic activity around. It's, it's nice to see some clients. Please, come in. Do you want any water or... Uh, I go, uh, computer, please present chair for McCrell 64. Uh, and the special chair that was designed to have my tail stick out so I don't squish <laughs> it uh, appears so I can take a seat. I take a seat across from you. How are you? Well, I would say that I had been doing fine. Being so close to Cordasia, I knew that some of the memories of the war would f flood back, and I was prepared for that. I have upped my meditation. I have thrown myself more into work, whatever work that is. Unfortunately, no one is really coming. Fortunately, no one is really coming to sickbay. But... Um, it seems that the ghosts of my past has decided to give me a personal haunting. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Reiku. Is it right? I want to make sure I was right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. Tech? Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I saw you laugh, and I was like, oh, no, right. I mispronounced the name. Mm -hmm. No, no. Mm -hmm. How bad I am with that. Go back. Yeah. Um, cool. I saw him in sickbay. When you made the appointment? Immediately, immediately after seeing him, is that the first time with you? Yes, I've never seen him before, and I thought maybe there was some explanation, some kind of supernatural or something a proton evidence of some kind of 
hologram, projection, anything. But there was nothing. No. No, I can vouch for the hologram part. There's been no unauthorized projections. Are you sure that the proximity to the planet might just be... How's that been affecting you? Well... I've had some memories come back that I haven't thought of in quite a while. Have they been manifesting visually to you either? No, this was the only one. And Reiku did not technically die on Cardassia. So... Is that so? It's just the memories. Maybe... coming... through... Now, uh, how about let's talk about that. Why do you think Reiku is coming to your brain right now if if this... What do you associate Cardassia with Reiku? If he didn't die here. I associate a doctor who died too soon and held too many grudges. Grudges? He had so much anger in the end. The war changed a lot of us, but Reiku... And seeing him in my office, I did not cause fear. It caused pity and sadness and regret that I was not able to change the direction in which ended his life. Could you have? I have a feeling he was a little too stubborn to change. Guilt is something inside of you. It, it, you said yourself, Reiku's path seemed to be one he chose. So where do you think this guilt is coming from? Let's, how about this? Tell me about your relationship with Reiku when he wasn't angry. He was a very gifted doctor, a wonderful healer, cared for many of his patients. And what about his relationship to you? Not his relationship to medicine. He respected me. He worked under me in the war. We, even though I was his superior officer. I believe that we came to see each other as equals. When you are in a situation such as a battlefield or war zone, there really is no need for rank. It's all about survival and how many lives you can save. It's very well said. Hmm. And, uh, and what about the last time you saw him? Did something change 
Was it different? Was it a regular day? No. I'm sure you read in his file. I do know he was on a shuttle and that it crashed. Yes. It was a it was shot upon within a battle and if he had just stayed with me on the settlement there would have been no shuttle to shoot. Was the shuttle carrying medical supplies? Yes. Did the shuttle need to take off to get those medical supplies somewhere safe? No. No. Reiku's death is extremely unfortunate because it should not have happened. Should not have happened emotionally or should not have happened from orders? We have patient doctor confidentiality, correct? Yes. You would never be able to release this information to Starfleet. Unless you want to file an official complaint with the Federation, this is not a conversation for anyone but the two of us. If you read Reiku's file, you will see that he died an honorable death. A Starfleet officer, a doctor, serving in the Dominion War, leaving the settlement on my order to get more supplies and help. <sighs> the truth is, Reku disobeyed my direct order and left the settlement. This was right, right towards the end of the Dominion War. The Cardassians had changed sides. The war was soon going to be over. Honestly, there was no real war to be fighting anymore. We found a settlement of Cardassian children and women who are injured, dying. But Reiku was a very angry. He did not forgive the Cardassians in his heart. I kept reminding him that we were doctors and we had taken an oath and we needed to heal. He stranded me on that settlement in spite so he would not have to treat Cardassian children. I did not tell Starfleet this because Reku again, was a great man, but not always a good one. That must be a very hard thing to carry with you. His family deserved to 
celebrate his life and not have that weight upon their shoulders. What was done was done. He was gone. He was dead. There was no need for me to drag his name through Starfleet protocol, putting tarnishes on his records. And now look at who we have on our ship. Chief is different. And I do not want him to ever think of his brother as less than great. Why I'm seeing Reku now, I'm not quite sure. <clears throat> It is something <sighs> the words I I'm <sighs> I cannot have an opinion on something like this. I was not there, and I have no need to judge in either situation you not telling for his family's sake and for letting his death be honorable in spite of it not being so. But we also don't know that if his ship had not been shot down, if he would have lived to regret or not. I think it's honorable to mourn and and let pass a, a death, especially for you. You get to choose however you want to mourn a life lost in war. It's, there's no clean deaths in war. You, there's a point of honor in protecting and there's no telling what that does to to one's entire being, it changes. And that isn't necessarily, if you believe Reiku was a good man and deserves an honorable death, then who he was at the end of a war shouldn't take that from you, from remembering him how you want to. What I fear is that being here so close to Cardassia, feeling these memories return. Me seeing Reiku, I said before that I felt pity and sadness, but a part of me now thinks that I felt anger. Doctor, how, how could he, in good conscience, leave? those children to die. I should have, I should have been more firm. I should have tried to convince him differently. I should have forced him somehow not to get on that shuttle. 
Um, I'm going to spend two threat, and I'm going to ask McCrell to make a control command check. Oh. Yeah. Okay. The hair starts bristling. The fur starts bristling. Yes. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, where's my D20? <laughs> Uh-oh. That's a real question. Let me just grab my <laughs> other dice bag. Don't worry, I have seven. Unauthorized. <laughs> oh my goodness, okay. While you're rolling this, this is a fictitious therapy session. <laughs> um, and That's I might great. be doing some questionable pushing, but a real therapist right now would be deterring away from this sort of physical and emotional response. Trust your therapist, not a pretend lady like me doing a fake therapy session. Love you, important. amen. Also the doctor, not a doctor. The counselor, not a counselor. The counselor, not a Exio is currently talking to McCrell. This is not Gina talking to Bonnie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Brief actually is a Karasian scientist, though. Um, <laughs> that yes. is true. Yes, and this is a very dark um, memory in my uh, character's past, so yeah. I apologize if it causes any distress. Control. Beautiful. Control command. Yeah. Uh, control command. Um, oh. And I am going to do something very rarely that I've only done maybe a handful of times in all the years we played Star Trek Adventures. I'm not going to reveal the difficulty of this role, so... Well, I only wrote, we don't have any momentum, so I only rode two, so, and I, but I did get two successes, surprisingly, even though my okay. command. Okay, you managed to keep it together. You, okay. you, however, Exio, being, being a programmed, having the program to be able to read body language, you, it's almost, if, if there was like a, if this was a video game and there was a bar meter to the right that detected stress levels, you watch the spike on McCrell as McCrell you begin to feel that tingling sensation on the surface of your skin as the fur across your body begins to stand on end, as that rage begins to bubble up. Um, you begin to realize that you're kind of spitting your words a little bit. Mm -hmm. Your claws are starting to dig a little into your knees as you're talking to Exio, but you hold mm -hmm. it together. I just think back on that day and realize if I had done things differently, how many lives I could have saved, not just on the settlement, but his as well. Remember what you said, that he was your equal. You saw each other as equal. That was a mistake. I was his superior officer. And he broke orders. I should have. You said before. He made his choice. He was stubborn. We can always think back. How long have you been medicating? Since I was a child. Did you up your dose after the war? I... Not necessarily upped my dose, but made sure that I had the ingredients a little bit more at the ready. Hmm. 
there was not a need the reason why I drink the herbs that I do was from an incident long ago and there was not a lot of circumstances that it would repeat throughout my life until the war there was too much death and too much pain I had to make sure that I could not feel it so that I could heal it may I suggest I know that you are fully capable as a doctor of understanding medicine but I feel incumbent upon myself to suggest that you talk with a psychiatrist as well about um, I, I will speak to the captain and making sure that the substance name stays confidential with you and your psychiatrist and if these feelings are coming up it, you, it seems anger more than guilt is what's fueling this particular trigger has then it's a good thing that the tea that I drink is also extremely calming. Yes, yes, that is um, that is true. But and I am not one to say, go off your medication and see what it feels like. God, no, 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 no. That is not at all. But but have you considered letting yourself be angry for a while, at Reiku? Are you feeling guilt that you let him have a calm and beautiful ceremony? And are you angry that you're the only one that has to remember what he did? It is a weight that I'm willing to bear in order to cause, to keep the pain from others. Okay. But is it, but is it hurting you? My job is making sure that you're okay and not, not the reputation of a dead man. I am okay. Just slightly concerned that I am hallucinating. <laughs> sure. Well, um... <laughs> Just a little concern. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, yes. that I I'm at. sure I don't have to tell you, Doctor, that it is not uncommon for patients with PTSD and, and severe war trauma to have hallucinations of, of people of significance. Yes. I have also studied psychiatry for years and know that some of my coping mechanisms may not be quite conventional but I do know once I saw him standing before me there was a little voice in the back of my head that said go to counseling <laughs> and I listened I'm very glad you did <laughs> you're welcome nice. yeah um well, I guess my advice is the next time if you see him, 
Try giving him a piece of your mind. Yes, a piece of my mind. Like, um... Like, uh... Reprimanding, yes? Yeah. It might help to get some of the words you wish you'd said out. In fact, I'm actually going to, um... And she hands you a data pad. Um, say, I don't want to see it, but, um... Write it down. Write down everything you want to say to Reiku. And, if you see him... You won't get nervous. You'll have a full script. And let him have it. I like that. I'm not always the best with my words. <laughs> Let's just scream. I think maybe it's time you got it out of you. It doesn't have to go at anyone. But it doesn't have to stay in you either. Thank you. Counselor. You're very welcome, McGraw. I grab the data pad and IT. And I actually, uh, I'm going to go over to the um, replicator and actually put like my T in there and be like, mm -hmm. actually, maybe I will take a little break. Good. I hear there's a martial arts competition coming up. That is why. I, that is why I think I might take a break. Hmm. <laughs> and then, then we talk about martial arts for the rest of this because she's going to hear the conversation. Let me show you what I plan on doing. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we're doing some firsts tonight, but um. First, two things. I'm marking both of you down for a cornerstone. Y'all are going to get some XP, but I'm also going to max your momentum for the party. Oh. And the reason why I'm doing this is because I, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you both. And and just just is fun because we're an RPG group and this is fun to share. And But because of what you've done, first of all, the the arc that I had in place, um, and and the and the presenting McCrell having to deal with this piece of her past, um, I just want to. The reason why I'm rewarding you all up front like this is just because as a GM, I'm just so stunned at the fact that you both unraveled everything that I created for this perfectly. Gina diagnosed exactly what was going on perfectly, and you initiated the cure. Perfectly. McCrell was having symptoms based on the continual use and repression of a trauma that she was not dealing with. And the medicine was playing a role in the in her abilities and it was having it was just it was messing with her a little bit. Um, I just I want to I, I, I normally I would not just point at it and show you behind the GM screen like this in the game, but this is just I'm so amazed at you two right now. So max out the momentum for the party pool at the start of the game, and you two are going to get marked for cornerstones. Like that was a wonderful scene and brilliantly wow. done. So, Thank you. Uh, so McCrell, you step out of the counselor's office, um, and on the data pad in front of you uh, is this <laughs> this martial arts tournament that is currently being. Uh, 
that, that is currently being plotted right now. I sign up for every category. <laughs> Lieutenant Alejandro Vasquez is staging this. Mm -hmm. um, Alejandra is one of the security officers that, that makes up uh, the command staff on the off hours for the USS Ross. Um, and she is she has received requests from the crew to do this. So when you see that come up, you do see that there is a notation from Asmi Shanto dictating that there must be a very strict set of rules, which has been acknowledged by the lieutenant and is being uh, constructed right now. Mm -hmm. But you can already see there are about 22 signups from Ox Crew. 23. You just input your name. You see it register on the pad. Mm. Um, it's gonna be like I'm the going to go and do... Fighting. I'm going to do my mind pieces. Okay. All right. Meanwhile, in the quarters of one Jane Lacat, um, <clears throat> chirping at your door, you've been expecting. Uh, you've been expecting Asmi. Um, the two of you, just so you know, Ravity, um, <clears throat> upon your return from a nearly. Uh, uh, Lacat killing mission. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, um, to to just so you know the creative decision that was made to explain Lacat's absence. Uh, Lacat, upon the urging of someone that was very close to her, decided to cash in on some of the hours and take a couple of days off of duties and reconnect with life, and did so. And you're back on duty shift. Uh, you're back on duty shift tomorrow. You've been expecting right. uh, Chanto to approach. You're, you haven't seen the bridge in about three days. So it's been quite lovely to actually have that time off, but you're, I would say knowing LeCat, you're, you're probably, and you can correct me if I'm wrong in this, but I suspect LeCat is, is having some serious FOMO being around oh. that, not being around that science station. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, um, I'm trying to be a supportive girlfriend here and basically be like, my girlfriend almost lost me, and therefore I should probably do her a solid and take a <laughs> yeah. off. Uh, but another part of me is like, but babe, we just we just found out uh, mm -hmm. an upside down forest. Like, please let me go look at it. Um, I also want to point out something LaCat has learned in these past couple of days that. Uh, uh, <laughs> You're having to reacquaint yourself with the yeah. concept of patience around Orville. Ooh, as as know. Orville is just so happy Mama's home. And as a result, has been a kind of a terror. Yeah, that's a okay. A little bit of a terror. That's is it okay. Norwell? If I, got, if I got the name right, it's been a while since I've said his name. It's Orwell. It's Orwell? Orwell. Yeah. Yeah, you got so, it right. Or Orwell, Orwell has been a little bit of a terror. Um, mm -hmm. Um, I think that in that case, uh, she wants to try and get him out to the holodeck as much as possible and just mm -hmm. run him around a little. There are burritos um, too. And so I think that we've been trying that and whether it's been working or not is up to you. But I think that uh, she she's trying to give him as much like bodily contact as possible. So he is back to the usual of like crawling up all around her um resting on the shoulders 
um, hanging out on her arm, just kind of like swinging from her arm if she lifts it. It's uh, he's he's really loving his life and loving the fact that I'm back okay. home, loving having him here, and just just a lot of cuddles, but also just a lot of like if Azumi sleeps over, I think he tries to kick her out of bed, and it's just a lot of sitting on my chest and like being close to me and being very possessive about it. So that's what Orwell's going through right okay. now. Anyone who cares. Okay. This is giving me flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> no, mine, my mom. Mine, mine. Um, there is a chirp at the door. Yes. You were expecting her. So when you right. open the door and you see her, she's still in full uniform and she goes, okay, before anything else happens, before we okay. get into our routine, I have to hand you this. I have been ordered to, no one who actually ordered me anything. Um, okay, you've been really great to me the past couple of days and I actually have started to feel a little bad about this. So instead of coming over tonight and staying in, I'm passing on a message from Dr. Yada. Oh, I thought you were gonna hand me another set of rules for the, for, for, for the, you know those were joke. Those were joke rules, though, right? You know, I don't expect you to actually. Yeah, I laughed. I okay. I ha ha in, in in the margins. Because I could get in serious trouble if it's discovered that I put in a data pad that you should run away at the sight of danger the next time the ground starts to fall out from underneath. Oh yeah, but also like you're playing the tournament wrong if you run away at the sight of danger. Like that's kind right. of right. I I got it. I, I wrote ha ha. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, the data pad here is a summary of what Dr. Yada wants to talk about, but an explicit promise was made to the commander that you don't read this until she is there. So they're asking if you would be willing to show up to Citation Ops to have a chat with you. And Did I told them, I told them- promise them that on my behalf? I didn't promise, I told them we had plans, but I'm officially saying, oh, I have a headache, I'm gonna go lay down and you should go to Citation Ops. You lied for me? I wanted to give you the option. And whatever you choose, I'm perfectly fine with. This is, I've had you for two days. I'm, this is this is perfect, but also I've had, I I cannot, and she like leans in okay. and says, I really need to take a step away from Orwell right now. He is being very clingy. I love the boy, but he's being very clingy. Well, I thank you for this. I have a free night. I can watch him if you want. Best girlfriend. Um, and she's gonna take the pad and uh, she's gonna take a look at it. But uh, Azumi promised that she's she can't look at it until she's with the commander. So you see, it's been. It is a. It looks like it's some kind of. What were we looking at here? Well, first of all, you see Yugos's name on it as well as Doctor Yada's. Oh, okay. And it looks like it's some kind of theory or hypothesis. Is this and about it, you, the crystalline entity and the planet? Finding? You see, you see some highlights. You see, you see a highlight about the particle fountain. You see a highlight about the biological life that has been discovered in the Shackleton Expanse. Um, I have not made Azmi stand in the door. I've like ushered her in. Like she knows her way around the place. Yep, yep, yep. Like, can, um, but. Jane is like, it's that FOMO kicking in. She is mm -hmm. reading up on everything and is like, do you think it's implied if I go over right now? 
and I think they expected you to go over. Okay, right great. Now. Well, no, they expected you to be busy tonight, but I think you should go over right now. They're already over there right now, so. <clears throat> I think we can still make something tonight happen. I think that we can. No, no, I've had you for two days. No, it's okay. It's, it's okay. I'm gonna make it work. We're gonna make it work. It's gone. It's, it'll, it'll be fine. You're gonna it's eat those words work. once you read what's on that data pad. Okay, well, don't Liberty challenge me to something because now I am determined to do it. We're gonna oh, make both of these things work. Profits, go to Cetacean Offs. Uh, she kisses her and then runs okay. out the station. Okay, off. you dash out the door. Yeah. By the time you reach the turbo lift, you've already accidentally looked at a few more words and you yes. have to like, you have to exercise the, you have to do the whole kid at Christmas slash gift giving, anything, like whatever ceremony we're not supposed to look at the damn thing. Um, you get into the turbo lift. Um, as you're finishing up with your third client, mm -hmm. Exio, you heard sure communication come through. Uh, Shanto to Commander Exio. Oh, go for Exio. Commander, um, I went ahead and unleashed the Lacat. Already? Um, she's already headed to Cetacean Ops right now. Did she read it? Not yet. Well, okay. I'm assuming she's not reading it in the turbo lift. I know. I can hear your silence. Thanks. See your facial expression in my mind. Yes. Uh, Okay, thank you. Uh, hopefully I'll get to see her face before she finishes. <laughs> uh, All right, and, so. And thank you, I hope, I hope your date uh, tonight uh, with the Lieutenant uh, is still on. I, I, not, promise, but... I promise not to keep her, though Dr. Yada, maybe not. Go ahead and keep her. It's, it's just, this is just earning me so many points right now. And I know it, this is, this is all going into the LeCat bank and I'm, I'm fine with it. Exio out. Thank you. <laughs> you made the communication. Red blip. <laughs> blip. You blip just as Lacat is walking in, and Yugos, and uh, Yugos is in the middle of greeting Lacat. Uh, you can see the Odanian scientist is swimming up to the window as you come walking in. Yugos sees you and goes, oh, 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 wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Um, oh, you're holding it, aren't you? That's probably what that is. I was going to give you. Um, a, do we have? Is that the most up-to-date version? Do we? Let me check yes. to make sure. Exio is behind and just pulls up. Um, one, just grabs a chair from one of the desks and then okay. like, puts it up next to the the tank near Doctor Yada and just like sits down, ready to just be a spectator. Yada wants to watch. <laughs> Yada swims up to the glass and says, Jane, you are going to be very interested in what you, Goss, and I have been postulating. I think I think some of the theories that we're coming up with would be quite exciting to you. And a lot of this is based on some of the research that you've returned to us, uh, specifically having to do with the DNA uh, relation between the fungi that you encountered down on the planet and, of course, some of the fungi uh, that was found in Shackleton Expanse. And about that point, Yada speaks up and says, is it fungi or fungi? Fungi. Fung I believe it was fungi. Did we have that right? We're, and we're Yada says, it really actually depends. I'm making an executive fungi. decision, it's fungi. I, I just, I'm so curious. I've been this for so long. <laughs> I can hear, I can hear Commander Stamets somewhere in Discovery. <laughs> um, uh, 
you look over the data pad and you see, as uh, for those who are watching at home, we recapped Ravity <laughs> before the uh, the episode began. Um, you see all of the information about the particle fountains, yeah. the roles that they are playing, and the possibility of scattering uh, particles across the galaxy, much like volcanic vents scatter nutrients at the bottom of the ocean. You are seeing all of the all of the energy sources that are present in the matter that causes the galaxy to function are erupting from particle fountains. And there's a lot of data here that suggests that these eruptions from subspace are playing a role in sculpting the path of galactic evolution. It's also believed that they may be somehow connected on that basis to the galactic ecosystem, that ancient galactic ecosystem that y'all have started to uncover. And it references Re again. Um, Re, the, the caretaker, the gardener that you all found on that one mm. unmapped planet where the uh, where the crystalline entity was led to a nursery where it could devour uh, life and grow. Um, there are a lot of theories. It references the probe, specifically the probe from Star Trek Four, that almost destroyed the Earth and rendered the Federation completely powerless from its home, its headquarters. Um, it references that being somehow connected. Um, Yada has Yada has taken that as a theory. It, it also has a lot of annotations where Yada is indicating that this is just his, his board right now, like drawing dots and connecting dots because he's seeing, he's seeing a theme, a common theme to these unexplained occurrences that have been taking place for the past couple of hundred years. Um, but then you also see the reports of these particle fountains using the incredible sensor systems that the Federation has off of its sensor net scattered across the Alpha and Beta quadrants, um, specifically the Alpha quadrant, Yada has been able to determine that there are uh, there is a flux taking place in subspace and that hundreds of particle fountains could be forming within the next year. And he believes that they are not naturally occurring. He believes that they were either a byproduct of the Dominion War and subspace being weakened by A, all the warp travel, and B, the explosive inclusion of polaronic activity along with antimatter activity, essentially the weapons fire of the Dominion War, being triggered by polaronic activity coming into collision with antimatter, which is the warheads the Federation uses and Klingon Empire uses, um, and believes that it, it's possible that the uptick that we have seen recently in mission param and mission profiles that we have been on specifically this last one where there was warheads that were trying to be acquired that specifically had Polaron detonators wow. as warheads. Um, Yugos has postulated that it's entire it's entirely possible that these that someone is trying to take advantage of these weakened tears in subspace. Or has been trying to cause them. Yugos has also pr pr uh, presented data that he believes it is entirely possible to reconstitute the division between normal and subspace. That in essentially these particle fountains, these unnaturally occurring ones, these can actually be quote unquote repaired. They are reversible. Okay. So, Jane. So, you finished reading all of this, oh, is like five pages of yeah, summary. Is... Yeah. Um, only five pages. That's amazing. That is a summary. <laughs> it's summarized. Right. It's okay. it's a two hundred and fifty seven page document, but it's summarized okay. in five pages as you're flipping through it. Perfect. Um, 
It's very small text. Uh, uh, Jane is flipping through it. She's very excited, but like uh, right after the five pages, before she's about to dive into the 200, she pauses and like turns to the commander and goes, Command, are, are, are you here for something specific? No, I just wanted to see this. You've been waiting for this, haven't you? I mean, I've been waiting all of two days. I don't know if I was specifically this, but it was... Well, isn't this all connected to the haunted space stuff? I mean, I think that everything is connected to the haunted space stuff. Are you... Exactly. So much, much longer than the two days you're claiming. Yeah, I, I suppose so. I, um... It just... This is the first time you observed the three of us. I did... Am I missing something here? She turns to you. No, there was quite a big absence. You've left quite a big hole in the science part of our ship, and I have been getting all of the updates since, and I see why it brings a spark. And I wanted to see it when it hit you. I wouldn't say I'm a really expressive person. <laughs> no. So you can keep looking, but if you don't see what you're looking for, I'm not to blame. Um, and Jane goes back to the 200 words. And so she's looking through this. Um, and I, I think that Jane says she's not an expressive person, but bullshit. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, I honestly, Exio kind of like, takes a second and is like momentarily insecure about whether or not she was expressing disappointment in the cat and whether or not her face was doing the incorrect thing which is probably what you're doing too. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, yes, no my behavior is strange it's just she's just like all of this stuff is going through her I, I think jane has suppressed so much of her emotions throughout her childhood that she's finally like letting them out but she like doesn't know what that feels like so she's like this is still me being me but it's not it's her being free in a way that she's never been free before um so with that though but she's reading all of these 200 pages and um she or and she's going through this and i think that like there is a sense of elatement because like it's very cool that like we are witnessing this phenomena but at the same time i think that there is like this sense of uh it's it's clear of like that the environmental impact that like you know this war had the dominion had on it so like i think that she grows like more and more somber as she like reads on and i think she grows somber and then i think she grows suspicious because i think she starts looking into she goes into cardassian mode because it's the cardassian thing to do she starts fry memeing <laughs> like um, narrowing her eyes agreed because it's uh sure subspace could be weak and she's like talking to this to dr yada um and dr yugas and she's like i all right, so it's entirely conceivable that subspace is being weakened here, and that's what we are witnessing, and this is just the natural decay of things after witnessing such horrific events. But it's also, she wants to specifically look, and I don't know if I should roll for this, but she wants to look at the, you, you mentioned there was like an uptick of specific, specific like particle, uh, 
uh, fountain like occurrences. And yes, she the best way to describe how random describe those are, how randomly those are dispersed. Yeah, well, that's that's presented in the data. Okay, great. Um, the data specifies that it is it does it, uh, it appears to have a pattern. Okay. Okay. Um, well, then, um, in that case, this is full on suspicion. Um, yeah. And we are not just like, I I mean, I'm sure that our, I'm sure the Dominion War didn't help the situation, but it's clear that someone's taking advantage of it. Mm -hmm. um, and so she goes from elated to suspicious and on guard. Um, Yada, on the other hand, <clears throat> is just watching you, but Yugos is just brimming with excitement. He's like, it's incredible. <laughs> Absolutely as, amazing. As soon as everyone settled into their moods and they seem mm -hmm. to have stabilized in what emotion they intend to stay in at the moment, uh -huh. um, Exio uh, stands up and says, um, Lieutenant Lucat, I will now tell you exactly why I'm here. I'm, help I'm here to help facilitate anything that you need for your research. Oh. Well. Uh, you're being made ahead of the project. You oh. pipes up. Says. Oh. Is there... You're the one missing link. You see, uh, Yada here has the knowledge of, well, <laughs> the galactic frontier, as it were, being able to chart courses, the, 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 the science side of, uh, how, would, how would you put it? Yara just says, I know my way around the galaxy. And says, yes, well, that's a very, that's kind of too much of a summary, but, but yes, essentially. And then my knowledge of, of particle physics, specifically particle fountains, the one thing we are missing is a biologist and someone who's had an encounter with the biology of the creatures that have we have found both in Shackleton Expanse now and here in the Alpha Quadrant. I, I suppose... I, and Jane is just... She's kind of stunned in this moment. She doesn't quite know how to react, but she's going to try and pull it together. And... Uh, you see her like straighten herself out um, and kind of just like shake off the insecurity after a second. And it's like, yeah, um, all right. Thank you, Commander. I, I think that this is, if not an incredible discovery, a potential threat that is worth investigating. And I think that at best it can be both. And at worst, it can be. Anyway, don't need to dwell on that part. Don't need to dwell on that part. Um, so just uh, send me your team request. Any supplies? Any rooms? Send before them my way. Before you depart, though, I would like to hear Doctor Yugas and Doctor Yadas's theories, um, if they have any themselves. Um, I think that I've expressed mine. I think that specifically, just gonna fucking say it. Um, I think that it's specifically the Dominion using this 
space anomaly to their advantage. And I don't want to make any more assumptions than that before looking into the data. But that's where my brain is at right now. Um, Dr. You got some Dr. Yada? Yada uh, pipes in immediately. And yeah, says, I, right before you say, mm -hmm. I will say uh, to you, Lacat, um, when you say this, there is no shock or surprise or change across <laughs> uh, uh, Exio's face. We all were kind of there. Um, yeah. Yada says, for me, I take the old approach. More data is required. I don't have I don't have a preference on anything just yet with regards to the theory. It is interesting to me that there is clearly a pattern in the weakening of subspace, mm -hmm. but I haven't determined of whether or not the pattern was intentional. I still haven't seen anything to indicate these battles were fought on large scales throughout the quadrant in very specialized places that were strategically important. That could be the pattern. I need to see more data. But I think, and if you don't mind me saying so, Doctor, and he nods to Yugos on the other side of the glass, I think Doctor Yugos and I are in agreement that we believe that someone is trying to exploit what has happened. Whether they caused it or not, we're not sure, but someone certainly seems to be aware of this and is trying to exploit it based off of the patterns we have seen in shall we say, increased traffic in people wanting to get their hands on Polaron weapons. Agreed. Um, I will, um, uh, uh, and I, uh, if I may suggest, I would like you to work very closely with the diplomatic corps aboard this ship, as there are some patterns that we've been noticing um, that seem to coincide with the very convenient new Dominion travel pact. I think that makes absolute sense. Um, and Jane is already writing down a list of people that she wants. Um, and I think that amongst those people, she wants at least one biologist, at least one person who, um, you talked about a probe, Eric. I want someone, mm -hmm. I want, like, she's going to actually ask for people who are not just scientists. I think that she wants to ask for an engineer as well, someone who is experienced with that probe. Um, specifically, she wants to also ask for a someone, a military tactician, um, someone who has like a wide array of experiences who can like look at the way that these um, uh, particle fountains are almost like dispersed and see if there's anything that you can infer from like the culture of a species and like translate that to the way yeah. that it's being dispersed. So um, it sounds to me like we're setting up a really big extended task. That's probably yeah. going to take, it's probably going to, and what I might say is the, the time period in which this extended task will take place will probably be days as opposed to okay. hours as it normally would. But let's, let's assemble that. Um, and we'll roll for it. We're not going to roll for it just yet, but uh -huh. I'm going to say um, your team is essentially being assembled. Yeah. Okay. And we'll put that together. Yeah. Great. Yeah. In reference to you, I will set up a meeting with uh, Commander Pearl. And you can have uh, some discussions with him as I see no other, no better <laughs> military tactician than, um, than the commander. So. And that's a good idea. Brilliant cut point. Because we're going to cut to Commander Prawl setting down a data pad on Captain Azari Sell's desk. 
and he slides it over to you and says, apparently the secondary warp core might explode at any minute. Yes, that does sound like today. Or at least that's what the diagnostic says. And glancing down at the diagnostic, Captain, the secondary warp core is functioning completely within parameters with no anomalies. And he's like, and we can do something about this impending disaster at any given moment. (sighs) Sir. Please get Chief Tech to sign off on this as well. I agree these are while these might be extremely concerning numbers, we'll want to have them verified. While you're going through that, please ensure everything else is in order, that there's nothing untoward with the transporters. Uh, Perhaps, or if there are any emergency drills that we have been out of time. Understood, Captain. I do think Chief Singh said that the transporters were far overdue for a maximum level diagnostic. Well, they couldn't find my crew in a hole, so frankly, they do not have my confidence. I think we'd better check them out, especially before we let any VIPs use them. Somebody who spent a couple of days in that hole, I hardly agree with you, Captain. Get out of my office. He nods, steps out, the door closes behind him, um, and you see a perfectly functional diagnostic of the secondary warp core sitting on your desk in front of you. Oh, yes. Yes, quite. Uh, Though, I will at some point need to take a closer look to find... (laughs) Well, it's just me in the ready room. I can say the pretext. Yeah. Um, But I need to get... But the moment he leaves the... Mm Mm-hmm. I need to turn back to that message. It, it's the thing where you just start watching the video and someone comes in the room to ask you a question. Yeah, 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 and you're yeah. like five seconds in and you pause and you compose yourself because you're switching mm-hmm. modes now and talking to people and taking the ears out. Yeah. Juggling two crises at the same time, typical job of the captain. As soon as Prawl like leaves the room, you swivel that data, that data screen back towards your face and you press play and once again you just see the all right, Azri. Syndicate's not gone. Never was, and I have proof. Contact me when you can. Cuts transmission. Who's my comms expert? That would be Prawl. Prawl is expert at crypting and decrypting. Prawl is very expert at that. Like, the the end-to-end part, I'm not terribly concerned with. Maybe this is... It's the in-between that I'm thinking about. So, salt tech. Go for tech. I need your help making an impractically far away communication impractically close to real time. I can impractically do that for you. 
<laughs> Don't make promises yet. I do understand relativity. <laughs> but meet me in the lab and I'll go through Will the do. requirements. I'm finishing something up here and I'll meet you right there. Oh, and when your ensign tells you that Commander Prawl has been to the engine room. Don't freak out. See you lab. <laughs> I never freak out. Bye. <laughs> um, but Tech uh, is getting receiving this call because he has gone to check on one of his ensigns. Ensign Dari has been uh, put on leave uh, for the last couple of days. Mm -hmm. And now she's ready to get back to business, and so yeah. he's like sort of shown up at her quarters and is well, just waiting at the door. Well, you find her actually. She's not in her quarters. Oh, <laughs> um, is she prepping for the? <laughs> uh, so was she one of the twenty-two names on the sign-up? Dari is currently. <laughs> you can find Dari on holodeck four on deck eleven. Um. And when you enter, there is a full-on kumite taking place in here. You step into, like, the moment you step into the holodeck and the arch disappears behind you and you are officially integrated into the program, the first thing that hits you square in the face, Tech, is the moisture and the body odor of an enclosed space of people gathered in a circle of ropes who are beating the unholy hell out of each other. Dari is what looks like engaged in some kind of earth ritual combat, which is not typical of her. Um, mm. she, 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 you do know that she knows how to throw down when she needs to, but it looks like she's getting some aggression out. There's a roaring crowd cheering and shouting and chanting. You're not sure what it is they're saying, not because Universal Translator can't read what the computer is telling, but because there's too many. Yeah. You see Dari um, is wearing, uh, she is essentially just decked out in kickboxer attire and has her hands uh, bound in hemp rope around up to her knuckles on both sides. Um, she looks like she's taken some shiners um, and her hair is pasted on the side of her face. It's running in lengths down her shoulders and a little bit of blue blood trickling out the side of her mouth as she's got her hands up. The person across from her, I won't get too graphic on the description, but it looks like he's trying to hold his leg together at the knee. Ooh. And a bunch of people are shouting and shouting and shouting, but she's not moving in for the kill because even though he is like lingering in front of her, he still has his fists up and it looks like his eyes are bloodshot. He is bald and muscled. Like he is probably a full weight class ahead of her. And she is just like keeping it together and keeping it together and then spots you because there's this yellow uniform and blue individual moving through a crowd and she goes computer freeze program just as the guy is about to lunge at her Ugh! and everyone freezes in mid shout she just goes what's up well it's good to see you relaxing uh and finding some you time yeah, yeah, 
I just wanted to double check and make sure that you're feeling fit to return to duty, but... Uh, I... Yeah. Yeah. Is it time? Well, how are you feeling? Good. Yeah. Yeah, I feel okay. I mean, I, I, I am doing fantastic. It may benefit you to visit sickbay just a yeah. bit. Oh, safety protocols are on. Oh, good. Um, yeah, are you yeah. uh, joining the tournament that the whole ship is talking about? Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, well, I was. Uh, I, mean, I signed up already, so yeah. Oh, I was. I was thinking about maybe signing up myself. You should. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hit me. No. Come, on, come at me. Just, just come at me. No, sir. Ah. Not even uh, my safety protocols are on. I won't hurt you. You don't want to fight an Andorian, sir. Well, I, I want to fight you. All right, get up here. Okay. And Tech will get up there. Computer, delete opponent. You see the guy go. Shh. She turns around and cracks her neck a little bit and just says, You want something on your knuckles? Oh, uh, yeah, maybe some gloves? <laughs> sure. Computer, pair of boxing gloves. Large. <laughs> and they appear. <laughs> says, All right, uh, here are the rules. Computer, unfreeze program. <laughs> she lunges at you. Yes. I will say the one thing that tech can do is uh, is utilize judo techniques. Okay. So he's, he has the weight behind him. Any force that's thrown at him, he's going to reverse. That's the only way he can fight. <laughs> I've, I, so I will say in my time, one of my favorite lessons I ever learned is when I was talking to my Muay Thai instructor one time, one time and he was like, whatever you do, if you're fighting somebody who knows jujitsu or judo, do not let them grab you, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> or the fight's over. <laughs> like, yeah. Just keep He's... striking him. Don't let him grab you. <laughs> so that's trying to get purchased. All right, she's she she does assume a Muay Thai stance. She lunges at you like she's going for a grab. Ooh. So you are now going to make a daring security yes. check. Okay. Yes, I am. As <laughs> a contested roll. We have full momentum. Just saying. We do. I'm so glad we're going into that extended task so strong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So what'd I, you get? I would like to use one momentum for a reroll. Does the group agree with that? Is that okay? I immediately start prepping sick bay for no reason. <laughs> if you're going to use momentum, I'm going to treat Dari like an NPC that you're fighting. So I'm going to burn uh, threat. Okay. That's fine. It is going to be good because her successes are rewarding me threats. Oh, it's the same way your momentum rewards you. So, okay. So what do you, I'm going to reroll one of these guys. <laughs> oh, okay. I've got two. <laughs> he also has two. Two. And guess what? You're the defender. So, um, that, that, that means it's ouch time. Yeah. So um, you throw your hands up, and when you were trying to get her to, to grapple onto you, 
she grabbed you you managed to grab her forearms unfortunately those forearms are wrapped around the back of your neck okay. and she pins her locks behind the back of your neck and okay. drives her knee into your ribs <laughs> um so let me roll for damage on Dari. <laughs> Yeah, and also, she gave me boxing gloves, so I can't... Yeah, it's, can't the funny reach. thing is, you're trying to judo grab her with boxing gloves. Um, <laughs> Just like... <laughs> um, so you're going to take three points of stress <laughs> as she slams her knee into your ribs. <laughs> you feel Incendari has caused an evacuation of oxygen from your lungs. Only <laughs> oxygen, feel, I hope. <laughs> yeah, no, you just hear this <laughs> as, as that, that knee slamming into your ribs is enough to cause a sharp intake of breath. And Tech immediately like crumples in, and okay. uh, in the hold, she could probably feel just the immediate release. Right. Uh, and then as if he gets any sort of purchase, just straightening himself up again and resuming like a superior officer stance. Oh no, when you crumple, she lets go immediately goes, shit, sir, are you okay? <gasps> We need to. I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Um, why don't we go together? Because I was supposed to go anyway. And she puts your, her arm and a uh, computer in program and shh. No, and the two I, of you. So Tech is gonna protest. I gotta get to the lab. Lab. What lab? What are we doing? What? You go to sick bay. <gasps> And the two of you exit the holodeck. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to pause there. That's a good stopping point for our break. It's 8 o'clock. So we will be back in 10 minutes. I love <laughs> it's it. just enough time to give poor tech a moment to breathe. All right. We'll be back in 10 minutes. Don't go anywhere. And welcome back to Clear Skies, everybody. We're going to go ahead and jump right back into our game tonight. Uh, when we last left off, Chief Tech was headed to the lab. <laughs> yeah. Because, to uh, Hertzville, passenger very, one. <laughs> got, Tech, you, you got the classic captain order. I know this is impossible, but I need you to do it. <laughs> um, so... You're kind of bucking yourself up. Captain needs to make a long distance call. You've got to find a way to make it work. So here we go. Um, about 10 minutes or so after stumbling across the deck and then making your way to the turbo lift and then getting to the lab. Um, let's actually look at where you are headed as I actually have this. Oh, on the shift. Me, scientific facilities. There is uh, long range sensor control. This is on deck 14. It's probably not going to help you too much. But any of the labs that you guys have on board the ship is fine. Do you guys still have the labs? Do you you don't have the modular labs anymore? Do you? Uh, no, not the modular ones. Right. Uh, I'll okay. tell you what we're looking for is probably going to be any kind of lab, but with high computational power. Basically, All we just need a big old CPU. Yeah, that's um, fine. Any of the ideally labs a CPU the, that's yeah. not really under a lot of. That's totally fine. Um, deck 15 has most of the labs. So Y'all head yeah. down to deck 15. Um, we can even say like this is the communications hub or something like that. Right. I couldn't think of a word for it in the moment, and yeah. I said lab. Um, but I then found a version of this that works in a lab and only a lab. We can you head down to that. deck 15. There are 40 decks on this massive, yesterday massive ship. 40. 40. So y'all are at deck 15. You're about half, a little, little under halfway to the length of the Ross. As y'all head down to deck 15, so when the doors open and you see Chief Tech there, it looks like 
he's holding it together, but is that what's interesting? <laughs> I told you not to freak out. I am not freaking out about that. Just a little winded. Uh, let's get to work, Captain. Why do you sound like that? Well, I got in a scuffle. <laughs> kind of was practicing for the uh, martial arts tournament. I lost. You don't say. <laughs> Hopefully we'll do better here and he'll just get to work. <laughs> I've really seen the point of a martial arts tournament. I have to confess. I mean... If you want to hurt someone, you stab them in an alley or something. You actually get the job done. <laughs> I don't think the point is to necessarily Somewhere hurt anyone. Exactly. Off Somewhere off in the distance, there is a Romulan named Sorex that's grinning, and he doesn't know why. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like the two worked in the same industry. So my notion in trying to get this together is that we have to, we cannot subvert the laws of physics. It is the final crime. <laughs> but perhaps we can subvert our own engineering and our own networking protocols. The fast, each subspace relay has to talk to its next partner down the hub. Right. We have to find out how to make that relay as quick as possible and or piggyback on parts of those inter-relay signals that we shouldn't. It's like uh, a momentum that you can latch on to, like a slingshot. So, if we can't break the laws of physics, bend them a little bit? Just a tiny bit. Let's get going. Uh, it's gotta be a short message, Captain. I mean, we can't transmit a whole lot. Do you know what you're gonna say? Oh no, that's the point of this. I need something close to real time and I need it bilaterally. Ah, you want actual communications. I wonder if we could tap into some established systems and piggyback right off of their signals. Exactly, even the pinging protocols between individual relays, they do it constantly to ensure that they're still connected to each other and they do that on quite more of an interval than the buffer by which they transmit messages. Now we can convince the subspace relay that we're just a little ping. Well, it, not only that, but, and Tech will pull up uh, some schematics that he's been working with. Uh, I've been looking at some of the uh, local areas. There are a lot of weird anomalies in subspace that have been showing up. If we can sort of work around them, like gravitational wells or bubbles, we could send the signal even faster. We're using an actual gravitational slingshot. Subspatially. Oh, and if we didn't have our subspace experts working on the apocalypse, they could be involved in this too. The uh, what? <laughs> Don't worry, it gives us the opportunity. We I'm finally get some me. glory. Oh, okay. Sol <laughs> <laughs> is not saying so much to you, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> uh, so I can assist you with my jury rigging. Great. 
So would you would you like this to be an extended task, or is this something that? Um, extended tasks really only come into play, and and this is one of the reasons why I'm a little hesitant to do it with LeCat. Sure. But extended tasks are really only relevant when there is a time crunch. Sure. In a dramatic moment. Gotcha. Um, I'm okay with in that. This case, in this case, yes, certain peoples are planning on leaving the Ross soon and all this other stuff is happening, but I don't think there's a dramatic time crunch. Gotcha. So in this case, so what I'm going to say, though, is that what y'all are about to do, though, I will say the interval in which it is going to take to accomplish what you're attempting to do is probably going to take a few hours at least of just nonstop crunching the numbers and running tests. And, um, so be aware of that because I know there were some things you wanted. I, I will say that certain uh, personnel are leaving the Shanta was going to get me. Uh, she promised she was going to get me last mm -hmm. episode. Right. Um, and anyway, once we get started, this is the same time interval where Prawl is doing a couple things, as I recall. That's true. There are multiple plates spinning right now. That is very true. Okay, so here's what we'll do. Tech, I'm going to have you roll control in the engineering. Yeah, I will. And Saul, I think reason con would be what? a good one for you. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> and the USS Ross. <laughs> oh, I don't have. Oh, I do. I have the sheet. And the USS Ross. Exio <laughs> could go have... on top of the ship and be like bunny ears <laughs> for your television. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> is there any version of this where I at least roll engineering? No, the engineer is rolling engineering. Um, <laughs> you, uh, but the Ross is going to make an engineering roll. Uh, no, I'm sorry. The Ross is going to roll communications plus engineering. So if so someone wants to roll for it, it's a 19 yeah. that you're looking for. So the, and then yeah. uh, for uh, text roll, I'd like to spend a momentum for cautious engineering. Okay, I am setting the difficulty of what you are trying to accomplish at five. So, <laughs> cool, so, fun yeah. difficulty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, cautious but engineering. Do you have? I mean, you um, remember? Yeah, you you've got your characters are so incredibly well equipped with values and yeah. specialties and whatnot, as well as the assist from the Ross to get this done. So I rolled for Ross if anybody else did. I just kind of threw it. Yeah, that works. What'd you get? I, I, am I just, it's just flat. I rolled flat a five. Okay, cool. So the yeah. Ross is going to assist. Okay. Uh, does, okay. I've got a couple of focuses that might come into play. Okay. Uh, I do have subspace theory as a focus. For... This would absolutely apply. Okay. Yep. And then, um, okay, I will, do I have to spend a determination before I roll or can I do it after? If you um, re-roll it, it's, it's a yeah, after spend, for, but. For the re-roll, it's an after spend, but if you want crit. the auto successes, you just Let's do the money. auto successes first. Um, okay. Since this is communications, could I either use don't hear, listen, or technology makes life better? I mean, Either one of those would work. I think technology makes life better is probably, you're literally trying to, 
you're you're pulling a Scotty right now, or a I'm trying. Ford. You're literally. <laughs> this is one of those instances where the ingenuity of a primary cast member engineer has been given an impossible task by a captain, and you're basically going to reinvent a new way of communicating. Um, okay, so I'm giving it all that I got, Captain. <laughs> basically, yeah. So all right. Um, so we start with two. Yeah. So you get two auto successes. Ooh, a crit and two more successes. So. A lot. One, two, three, four, five, six. Um, and th those count as crits too because of my focus. Seven, eight. Eight total successes. How'd you do, Sol? Not on Reason Con. Oh. <laughs> on Reason so, Engineering. Uh, but not on Reason Con. And then no. was there one from the Ross? Yeah, so seven yeah. total. Yes. Okay. So. Captain, it gets to a point where you can tell that that tech has such momentum. He's clearly, clearly following an inspiration that he's got while he's at the board. That he, it, it gets to the point where you kind of just stop for a minute and watch, and he takes off. The raw starts filling in some of the algorithm. He starts coming up with theoretical things. You see him uh, making trajectories, bringing up galactic charts, and plotting like where the nearest pulsars, black holes, like all of that stuff are, and trying to triangulate where some of the subspace beacons that are located in the Alpha Quadrant are at. This is, he's gonna be at it for a little while. As you're watching him do this, the door opens and Asmi Shanto leans in and goes, Captain. All right. And I walk out very quietly and lean into Shanto and say, make sure he has like a caprese sandwich or something. Aye, <laughs> Captain. Hacking the galaxy is hungry work. I, I, Captain. <laughs> right. Asmi steps into the room, and uh, you exit the room. Where are you headed, Sol? Well, I had. I asked her to do one thing. Inform you of when certain someone was headed to the transporter room. Yes. Um. Salt prawl. This is prawl. Systems report. Oh, we're ready at any time. The transporter is functioning perfectly. Glad to hear. And the shuttles. Well, the shuttles are all having to be maintenance right now, Captain. Unfortunately. Oh. Something to do with the last mission, those gravitonic fields that were encountered when you're in orbit around a living planet, something science simply hasn't been able to really figure out just yet, so we're realigning pretty much every warp nacelle. I appreciate your thoroughness. It's important, and Captain. I know how crew safety is utmost priority to you. Absolutely. I would hate for them to become wholly in danger in any way. I'm going to be on my way down to the transporter room. And you know how to use your time productively. Yes, of course. Commander? Absolutely. Um, Captain, absolutely, yes. I intend on going back up to the bridge and scanning subspace to make sure there's nobody in need. There's nobody out there who might need the Ross's help since we're wrapping up a mission. Perfect. Keep everyone busy. I expect very thorough scans from you. I can out. All right. 
And Sol stops for just a moment uh, in the hallway. Okay. And they replay the message from Tarraz again. You see this, you see the exhaustion in his face. You see, he, he looks like, he, he just doesn't look like he's kept himself very well. He looks dirty. He looks like he's either been on the run or he's been hiding. It's hard to say. You see the look in his eyes when the message cuts out. Back to where the lab where tech is solving that problem for me and don't quite get to the point where I can put the soul face back on. Uh-huh. How's the Koros doing? That's a great question. You know what? That's a great Goram question. Yeah, I'm really curious. Next to my lab at this time? (laughs) Oh, goodness. Um, You're cowards. Oh. (laughs) All three of you. This was the time, my friends. And you're cowards. I need a new green dye. But no. Uh, so Sol breaks him out. Okay, you gather yourself. And second time is the charm. And hopefully the captain is also the charm. Okay. Stepping back into the room, you see uh, Shanto has positioned herself in a chair and she's replicated herself a, a drink. Her legs are crossed as she's just leaning back and watching tech. And when she sees you walk back into the room, she stands at attention. Oh, I'm, I'm going back to the... Come with me. I'm sure we'll need you. She sets the glass down, then thinks twice and puts it back in the replicator and says, replicator, recycle. And then turns back and says, Chief, you're good? You're good here? You don't hear anything, Tech. Yeah, well, I was going to say, like, Shanta, what did you get here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, put this in the replicator, too, before you go. And I hand off the pad. Okay. I'm not carrying that into the room. Okay. I'm not carrying that with me at all. She puts it into the replicator and has the replicator reclaim the data pad. Alright. Um, Alright. You head You head out. Chanto on your heels. She can clearly tell something is up. You can tell by the look in her eyes as she glances over at you as y'all approach the turbo lift. When you step inside, the door closes. She stands there very quietly and doesn't raise anything. My science officer is in the labs, I hear. Uh, yes, Captain. She's probably busy stressing out about some of the data that was received by Dr. Yada and Dr. Yugos. Back at work and being stressed out. Yes. She wouldn't admit it, but she likes being stressed out. Yes. Commander Rogan really did pick a theme for my crew. She just smiles and nods. We've got this. Captain, permission to speak freely? Quickly. If you need my backup for anything regarding legalities or anything like that for anything that may or may not be happening right now, I'm at your disposal. 
sir. Thank you, Shanta. She nods and faces back towards the turbo lift door just as it opens. You're right. Deck 12, transporter room one is located right here, just down the hall. You step now out. I'm definitely going to take you up on it. She watches you leave the turbo lift and then follows after you. Um, you pass a couple of the ox crew who nod and uh, pay their deference as they walk past the captain of the vessel. You round the corner. As you're rounding the bend, you come across transporter room one. You can hear voices inside as the door opens up and you see Nodrin. Nodrin standing there with Iklat Itlan. Um, Ilkot Iklan is standing very stoically as he does, uh, just a few feet behind Nodrin. Nodrin is engaged in what seems to be a very irritable conversation with Chief Singh. Um, and Chief Singh is saying, I understand, and we want to get you back on time, but we were running a diagnostic, and the cycle is not yet complete. Well, how fortunate that Starfleet officers are as competent as they are said to be, and that you'll have this fixed up very soon. Captain Azri Sul, it is such a pleasure to meet you. He strides across the room and extends his hand to you. Ambassador. Chandra, I thought you said Nodron was going to be here. So, uh, or rather, Asmi kind of looks a little confused and says, uh, I, Captain. I mean, I see it. Don't get me wrong, but based you- on uh, Nodrin says, are, are you feeling all right, Captain? Well, it's just, I remembered Nodrin to be very sharp. It's no matter. Good. Well, I'm pleased to hear that. Your I'm... transporter chief apparently seems to be having some kind of problem with the transporter. Ah, uh, yes, unfortunately, your departure time comes at, uh, difficult moment in our maintenance cycle. I'm going to have to ask for the sake of diplomacy and protocol that you reside on our ship just a little while longer while we complete it. It would be the despair of the Federation were anything to go amiss and endanger you or your companion after such successful negotiations. Imagine how that sort of thing could be taken. And I couldn't allow that. I agree. It would be a shame if all of the work that we have achieved here would be disrupted in any way. And I would gladly stay aboard your beautiful vessel while your transporters are made operable again. Perfect. Excellent. Shall I show you around the uh, promenade? I'm sure you have seen it. Thank you, Captain. No. I can only spend so much time in the presence of Orion Pheromones before I get a headache. But thank you for the opportunity. I will make use of the promenade's time when I can. Your predecessor did not have such a problem. I assure you, he did, Captain. Ah. 
So you are merely less resilient? Less? No. Only it surprises me because the founders as beings of all perfection would surely not create a lesser specimen. I haven't known the founders to create a lesser anything, Captain. But if you're interested in learning more about the founders, I'm sure my security officer could educate you about the superiority of their creations. Didn't I hear there was a martial arts tournament being held on board this vessel? We are going to be staying a little bit longer. Maybe this would be a good opportunity. And he turns and looks at Cat Itlan, who glances down at him. And he says, why think of that? What a tremendous moment of cooperation that would be to see sportsmanship between the Dominion and the Federation. The captain of the USS Ross and one of the shining soldiers of the Dominion's war fleet. Oh, you're right. That is truly, truly beautiful. And though I would be all too honored to accept, I could not deny you your bodyguard. That would be terribly ungracious of me. And again, you are in the Alpha Quadrant and it does not have all of the comfort and prosperity of your home as guided by the founders. We couldn't have such expectations of the Alpha Quadrant. And so I must ensure your safety. Oh, you wouldn't be depriving me of my bodyguard. I am, of course, on board a Federation starship, an ambassador, and VIP, as you've called me. I'm sure I'll be quite safe in the company of friends, and unless you're telling me there's a security concern here among the USS Ross. Oh, certainly not, but imagine if your companion were to be injured. Ah. There, and thereafter could not protect you. I could not have this. I am confident that my friend will be just fine. Ilkat Itlan, I order you to enroll in this martial arts tournament on behalf of the Dominion for the sake of friendship and posterity moving forward. And Ilkat Itlan nods and says, by your will. Well, Captain, we'll see our way back to the quarters. I'm really looking forward to this extended stay. Excellent. And he moves past you. And Ilkat Itlan moves past you as well. You don't sense any coldness from him. No. Um, but he follows after. The, shh, and the door closes behind him. Shh, and Asmi goes, what the hell? Uh, sir. Oh, I like him. He is ter- Oh, that was very- I lied. He is better. That was nicely done. You saw that, right? I don't know what just happened, Captain. Uh, was he not uh, supposed to depart the vessel? And there's nothing on my logs here about a maintenance cycle. Chief Singh looks at Asmi Shanto and just says, Oh, that's on me, Yeoman. Uh, apologies. I meant to send that up to your... There you are. And Asmi <sighs> goes... And then she looks at you and notices you're not saying anything. And Asmi goes... Ah, well, uh, it's all right, Chief Singh. It's, mistakes happen. Um, I'll make sure that this is posted on the boards so that no one tries to 
return to the Dominion anytime soon. Oh, he's there. That was good. Mm. All right. I need to go and warn my ship's doctor. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be in the tournament, yes? <laughs> to yeah. fight that, so... yes? Is my warning? Why don't we cut to the sick bay mm. where the captain has just informed you <laughs> as as you walked in, uh, has informed you what's up. You mean to tell me that a soldier of the Dominion shall be participating in the martial arts competition and he is going to assuredly wipe the floor with anyone who comes in front of him truly a game of diplomatic chess worthy of the gods the ambassador must have had so much fun or tearing their well hmm what do you I get shall tear in frustration i shall make sure that my medical staff is prepared i might be a bit indisposed during the tournament, Captain. I shall be participating myself. See, that you said you were indisposed, and I was surprised because I didn't expect you to be anywhere else. And that's why I came here. Because... Someone is going to fight him, and I just had the very worst feeling of exactly who it would be. Yes? Am I wrong, Doctor? No, Captain. Thank right. you. So... I have seen you truly handle a changeling in a way that very few of their kind have been by solids in millennia. <laughs> but you know the Jem'Hadar. So, how do we train this so that you... Improbable though it may be, how do we train you so you win? I believe I just need to switch to coffee. <laughs> and I think Sol just puts this hand like on the underside, not like an overt kitty scritch, but mm. a sign of love along the same jawbone. Mm. Captain, I cannot promise that I will win, but I can promise that I will be extremely underestimated. You're a good doctor. Yes. And I'm going to turn, and I'm going to lit. No, I'm going to throw something at you. 
<laughs> do we want to roll to see if you catch it? Yes. <laughs> do it. Make it daring. Throw? Make a daring security check. Oh. Okay. And oh, it's going to be something you oh. you regret if you don't catch it. Uh, I would also like to use my talent into place of my quick reflexes. I don't know. What uh, that will sure. Do. I, I just I'm, I'll have it apply, but I have curiosity. Yeah. What does that do for you? Uh, it just says. Uh, as a talent, I have quick re 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 reflexes. That's that's all it says. Oh, you didn't you didn't write so, down that. It says talent, quick reflexes, acute sense of sight, smell, and hearing, dexterity. Like these are different talents that my uh, um, species has. Okay, so go ahead and make go ahead and make it's your. It's not role. like a, it's not like a talent with a special ability. Right, it's just like a species trait. It's like uh, it's like dark eyesight. I can see in the dark, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Have to make a control security check. Daring security. Does ranged weaponry apply? Yes. <laughs> it does. Uh, and one in my and I think my focus. Would a focus of martial arts apply in this? Yeah. 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 And that will be three. Also three. Oh. <laughs> okay. So she catches it. Uh, and it clatters to the table. <laughs> she can't, just kind of slips, but she does stop it from hitting her. She grab her hands, go up and stop it from the impact. Oh, but we won't even say I caught it. I'll just say that I like if I turned around and she threw something at me, just turned around and I like I j I slapped it out of the way like a like okay like a that way it's like I technically didn't catch it right since that's what I rolled for. So the captain technically won that roll, <laughs> but I did. You swat body chop it out of the way. You make <laughs> contact and and show the yep. reflexes and well, you six hours. Yeah. yeah, I knock it and then it lands on the table and then I knock it off the table. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, I don't do that. Okay. Hashtag not a cat. Constant vigilance. All right, so. We're gonna cut back to real quick. We're gonna cut back to Chief Tech. We're gonna say it's been like an hour or two later, so it's getting late into the night. Yeah, don't worry, I got this, Captain. Oh, they're gone. <laughs> You're by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you've been by yourself for the past like two hours as you've been working on this. Um, all right, so here's what I'm gonna rule because you got exceptional successes. Yeah, that's right. Remember. So here's what I'm gonna rule. You've been tapped into the. You've tapped into the, we'll say this, some of these subspace relays, some of them are known to the Ross database at the end of the Dominion War, but they were being used specifically by Starfleet intelligence. Mm. They are now declassified to a certain command level. You are working uh, with Captain Saul, mm. so you had access to some of the resources that you wouldn't normally have access to. Convenient. Now, you can try to real-time this. You, you're not gonna be able to really change the laws of physics as the captain has said, so there's going to be a delay. Yeah. However, you will be able to communicate across the quadrant. Here is, this is something using like micro wormholes and gravimetric anomalies and stuff like that, very similar to the technology that was created in the Voyager project. Yes. When Charles Barkley reached out yeah. to Voyager across wormholes and was able to communicate uh, to the USS Voyager. So using similar techniques and technology, you will be able to send packets of information. And because the, because the distance is significantly less, 
um, than it was for the Voyager crew. You are going to get a delay, but it will be real-time. Here's the problem, though. The way this is going to work is uh, the captain is going to be able to say something and get a reply. If you want to say something again, it's going to work like an information spend. You'll have to spend momentum. Gotcha. And so when you run out of momentum, the system will fail. So it'll work this one time. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So, uh, but I would say after three hours of work into the evening, you finally finish your, you believe you have a working model for this to actually take place and function. Tech to sell. I'm guessing Captain Sull is in their quarters at this point, possibly trying to sleep. <laughs> I think Sull has learned to give up. <laughs> they're they're not attempting sleep okay. at the moment. It is simply okay. not in the cards, and so they are trying, if not to use their time productively. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I think a good solid wear in the carpet is a sort of productivity. Mm. This is Saul. Did I say Charles Barkley? Yeah, you did. Uh, I'm yeah, just catching I, that. I was like, why didn't that sit right? Am I referring to an NBA player or am I referring to a Star Trek character? Okay, so here's the thing. I, think you need French, <laughs> I didn't know because I was like, the Star Trek, which came first? Yeah, I mean, which came first? The Charles it's or the Reg- Reg- It's Reginald, yeah. Reginald. Reggie. Okay. Uh, uh, I, I, I was like, that didn't feel right. No, just, uh, you probably just, oh, wait a minute. No, that wasn't right. <laughs> I don't really think about his first name a lot, I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah, but no, he's Barkley, Lieutenant Barkley. Yeah. To, we, at least we didn't call him Broccoli. Yeah. Oh, if I ever, remember? If I ever get a dog, I'm going to name him Lieutenant Barkley because that's a perfect name for a dog. And yeah, it is a perfect track. name for a dog. The oh, end. Wow. Anyway, I, uh, I think I cracked the code, Captain. Be many perfect, like so many perfect in mm. a session. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, I think I got it. Uh, we can send out packets of information almost in real time and, and get some back too sometimes. Amazing. <laughs> Good. Spoken like an engineer. Yeah. <laughs> Today we are doing the impossible, we are sending messages, we are fighting to Madar, we are ending Apocalypse. No, that's not the plural. Every time you keep adding something to the list that I am just unaware of. (laughs) Mm, I'll be right there. Cool. (laughs) Salsa Axio. Oh yeah. Go for Axio. May I borrow you in the lab? I appear. Blink. Oh, hey, Axio! I'll be there in a moment. (laughs) Uh, I'll just fill you in real quick, and I'll just, bloop, send over, like, a data packet to Axio's hardware. (laughs) Okay. And that's what we're doing. (laughs) Just airdrop it into the Axio. Yeah. And She uh, stares off for a moment, then remakes eye contact with the captain and says, How can I help? Uh, I'm going to pass over the message that I got from Tiraz to Exia. So you see Tiraz, you see that that, that message that comes across. Um, you see him say, Syndicate wasn't destroyed, never was. I have proof. Oh dear. 
Do you already know what you're going to ask? Or say? Chief? Yeah. Are you right? Oh, well, this is a lot. Um, we, I, we're fine. Okay. <laughs> uh, query. Yeah. Which color is shirt is Axia wearing at the moment? Ooh. Mm. You're off duty, so technically it'd be blue. Yeah. You're on you're on counselor duty. Yep. Cool. Yep. That feels like not the wrong shirt. Yeah. I suppose we need to find out more information about where the syndicate is operating if it's still around yes I assume there are more useful ways to construct questions than what the hell Mm. usually well it didn't seem do we have a confirmed connection to Teraz? It didn't seem like he had much time to convey, so this conversation may not even be able to happen. So. Well, I've sort of enhanced our communication suite a little bit so we can send out a message and then eventually get one back. So we just have to choose our words carefully so that we don't overexceed the data. Understood. And if we get an initial one back, we can always try setting up dead drops. We can do... There are options if we can get a message back and... Well, I suppose we should run encryption through. Already on it, Captain. Thank you. Hmm. But the question is, what do we ask? The question. Yes. Ah. Well, first instinct... If you only got to ask him one question, what is the thing we need to know to take down the syndicate? We need a lead. What's his source? Mm. If he doesn't have enough time to tell us something, then we find who told him something, how he found out. Also, why is he contacting us here in the Alpha Quadrant? Are we his only allies? That was my fault. I reached out to him on purpose because of the weapons trade, because it seemed like the kind of thing the Syndicate might have gotten into. So then, really, for our mission, we just need to see if it's connected. Keep it within the scope. You're right, Chief. We should focus on the mission. Or personal things, if that comes up. No, no, Chief Tech, I, I, I'm in agreement with you. I oh, think okay. We have a lot of threads being pulled on right now, and it'd be really nice if they were all coming from one blanket, Captain. So let's keep it in in parameters that we can continue to seek within our mission. Perhaps the question would be then, who do we look into? If Therese can point us in a specific direction, at least we'd have some sort of lead. All right. Yeah. 
Beep-a-boop-a, compose a tweet, send. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you, what What specifically are you just trying to establish connection? Well, yeah, and we're, we're sending out the yeah. first packet, <clears throat> including right. who should we look into, if there's a word limit. Okay. Is it message? I don't know. No, it's not really a word limit. Okay. You just basically send a data packet. Oh, good. So I can also add what the hell is going on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, you can I send do. data packets, basically. Yeah. And it would all be <clears throat> encrypted. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, let me roll here. What I'm having fun imagining is like, what is being rolled right now? <laughs> like, is is Taraz's shooting <laughs> combat and is he winning? Ooh, Does the maybe. message get through? Is he away because Taraz wanted a donut? Any of these seems equally probable to me. Yeah, like and the so message just, is what, coming through, but he's on the toilet and he just misses what? it. Are the dice telling Eric right mm. now? What question? Um, what question is he asking them? <laughs> um, uh, just just nothing but cat memes gets returned to you. Oh, cool! Thousands Worth and it. thousands. Of oh, well, he confirms that it's him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a relief! I knew I that he truly, cat meme. I knew that he truly loved me. Oh. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Just thousands of pages of love poetry from a krell. Um, <laughs> all right, so the reply message you get basically says, uh, speaking generally, since it was a general ascent, Taraz replies, does go ahead and use as a moment to convey astonishment that you've reached out to him mm. in this manner and is replying with the data packet. This takes place about 30 minutes after you send the message. Hmm. So about a 30 minute delay. Um, when you get this reply, you do get sort of an astonished, like, where the fuck are you? <laughs> and then the um, the reply is, he, he unloads what he knows. And you hear a name, gives a name. He tells you in the reply packet, that Orion has a new empress. Up. She calls herself Empress Onala. <gasps> mm -hmm. And tell us you watch Star Trek without. <laughs> I choose a name that's some that's in canon. <laughs> I think. Oh, I, then I'm thinking of someone else. In you discovery. might be thinking somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Empress Anala, she's taken over the Orion Trade Compact, which is relatively new. But Taraz knows who she is. She is the former leader of the Dead Stars, which is a vicious pirate organization, which you are very familiar with, um, Saul. Uh, the Dead Stars, they weren't, they were not, they did not trade in they did not trade in slavery or anything like that. They were, unlike the typical Orion traders, they were the, they were muscle. They primarily dominated and, and took by force and then fenced it off. They were kind of your classic pirates where they would just take from vessels that were traveling and they were very good at it, but they, they did crumble at the end of the Dominion War when the infiltration of the Changeling happened, but apparently not. And, According to Taraz, 
Um, he has proof of who she is because he knew her um, back in the day. And he believes that she is conducting business with somebody named Legate Noel Vomek out in your side of space. It is connected. He thinks that she's the key and that she is currently under the guise of a reformed Orion government is essentially the mafia. She's acting. It's, it's a front for a new Orion crime syndicate. You like the last cockroach managed to give birth to another nest. You have to understand usually historically We've had a very weak central government and institutions like the syndicate, or if not the law, at least the order. It's unusual for the front to become the nominal power. But at least your hunch seems to be right. It's all connected to the weapons trafficking. It means that Vomek has a much farther reach than we would have liked if he were running with whatever local bands of things we picked up. That would be one thing if he's dealing with an a syndicate empress. That can go across quadrants. There's no telling what they're capable of working together. How can we stop it? What's your second instinct, Captain? Where is she? Where are these deals going down and how? We disrupt them. I can send over another packet. Yes. I'll okay. put that That's in there. We're down to two right. on the That's momentum. A, that's a momentum spend on that. Yep. That's, yep, your yep, first, yep. that's your first momentum spend. Okay, oh, so okay. that's we're the first one. Cool. That's your first one. <clears throat> so, um, so the reply you get was. He's definitely in a position to do some digging because she has reached out to him personally and is interested in I mean the, the language he uses Saul you can already see it in your mind you can already see whoever this person is saying like remember the old times remember when we were the lords of this universe and not even the Federation could stop us. I need people like you who were there when it was happening. I know you have a problem with the way the Syndicate conducted itself, but this time will be different. You can hear all the inference as Taraz is telling you about the communication he received from her. Where she infers that she has some deals going on already that's ensuring that Orions will have a new place in the galaxy. A place of dominance. No longer some kind of side species that gets overlooked during the galactic events, a pawn to be used in giant 
war games between the great powers of the quadrants. Orion's are ready to step up and take center stage. Um, and he mentions in his return packet that she explicitly told him that should should he refuse, there will be no hard feelings and that he may go about his business as usual in the Shackleton Expanse, ruling his little rock. Um, however, if she is if he is willing to join her, please extend that invitation to anybody else that uh, he personally trusts. And he will... You've, you've heard this before. He will give bonuses if it's somebody that he believes that uh, they can... Um, yeah. They can use. So he tells you he's considering it. If nothing else, he can find out more. But Taraz does kind of leave that open-ended in that he says, if I stick my ass out for this, I'm going to expect some kind of thank you from the Federation. I got a good thing going here right now. And it's either going to die because of her or it's going to die because I get myself killed. One way or the other, it's going to die if I don't do something. Captain, may I speak freely? Didn't you spend a whole day building a system to do just that? <laughs> I suppose I did. This may be a bit out of the scope, but what if you offered yourself as a link for this new syndicate? If they're recruiting, perhaps you could offer an insight into the Federation that they may not have considered. It would be asking you to go into intelligence again. But it may be the quickest link to us figuring out what's happening and who's behind this. I like it better than sending Taraz in alone. I turn to Axio. Okay. Uh, you know me as an officer. How believable is it that I am corrupt? the record, all of that. Yes. Processing. Well, you already have the advantage that you will be underestimated as a narc. Yes. The you disadvantage that I've already known to have infiltrated the Syndicate before. Yes. There is also previous ties to Therese. You helped him take a pirate planet. Um, you shut and, down a pirate haven, yeah. And there's the advantage of ongoing Orion citizenship. Maybe I really do want a real Orion government. I think... And Exio's looking at you... Uh, she doesn't like what she's saying, and you can tell. Mm. Um, I think your 
exemplary record of taking in pirates would actually be in your favor if you leverage it that way, Captain. If you present as cleaning up the muck in order to preserve a brighter future for Orions, it, I do believe that you are a fine enough captain and and Orion to convince anyone of anything should you choose to follow this path. I put my hands on the console and lean over it a bit. That is why I do it, you know. Make space safe for people. Best lies work with a little bit of truth. All right. Tech, let's message to Roz back. Need I... one more? Get right on it. Um... I'll, I'll uh, spend the momentum and ask the need one more, but also just as tech, I'll clarify if we could get coordinates on where we need to be, that would be great. <laughs> I know it's cool to send a cryptic message, but like, I really need the details. <laughs> Okay. Um, Engineer, it's all the details. Yeah. <laughs> while, while you're sending that, I'm going to tap on your shoulder, Captain, yeah. and sort of usher you closer to the corner um, mm -hmm. while, while tech is working. Um, is this going to be a fully off the books mission? Because if this... I know that you are skilled at keeping things under the radar, but... Rumors amongst the syndicate. Are are we notifying the Federation? Or is this an us thing, Captain? The uh, our new admiral would be examining my duodenum. She would be <laughs> so far up my... I have to ask forgiveness. They'll never give permission. And it is the crew's job to make sure that we all live long enough so to we can paradise. <laughs> Captain, while I do think that this is very brave and I don't know about the sort of effectiveness of this, but we do have another crew member that may be able to assist you in secret and take a look over at Exio and then down at the ring. If you didn't want to go alone. Do you mean present as an Orion? Either that, or come along as your ring and be activated when needed. Depends. Do we think we're going to be in the company of any Gorn? They might sniff you out again. Considering our data, Captain, yes, probably. Well, then I think that makes your role in this all too clear. If the Admiral calls upon us, 
It's your job to be very tall and very green. You're so. Oh boy. Perfect. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Nothing that I can think of that Kirk did rivals what y'all are about to <laughs> in terms of breaking the rules. I'm a terrible No, you're great. <laughs> yeah, this none of this came from me. <laughs> none of this for once. <laughs> an off the it book came from op. Chief. I, I know. I know. An unsanctioned op into the new criminal syndicate, impersonating a superior officer. Like the list just goes on and on. But you guys, by the end of this conversation, y'all have a plan of action here. Mm. Um, the reply you get <clears throat> was, uh, "I knew you couldn't stay away. I'm sorry you're coming back into this." Here are the coordinates. Something tells me this is the final act. Well, Him referencing, deliberately referencing the crime syndicate. <laughs> well, I didn't do the job right the first time. The coordinates are on an un, uh, on an unremarkable planet colony world near the Beta Quadrant. All right. Uh. Hmm. Huh. So this would be in the vicinity of the Orion homeworld, essentially. Oh, okay. That isn't too bad from where we yeah. are. Uh, like it's not close, it's not far. Uh, right. it's, it's closer than Earth is, as I recall, to where we are in this exact moment. Uh, mm, I don't think so. Y'all are y'all are on the. It's a little galactic north on most maps, and I'm just a touch. Right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take a look. Oh, uh, uh, I, I, you might be right. Actually, I may have. Had how this is your internal cognitive map of space so good? <laughs> well, I don't I even know up. what street I live on, Sam. <laughs> I looked it up a while ago because it's always useful to know yeah, which kind of places were threatened by the Dominion War, for instance. Oh, wow. So um, I looked it up a long time ago, like same with like Trill, all that. It is, it's actually, it is going to be farther away than Earth, oh, but yeah. it's not, the ba actually, you know, and all things considered, the, the Beta Quadrant is not terribly far from where y'all are. That's true. Um, yeah, we're kind of looking in Borderlands, which is where you're not you're not terribly deep into the Alpha Quadrant. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So, let me ask you another question. Then, I turn in a lot of pirate ships. Really, quite a lot, a prodigious amount. I recently turned in a Corvette. Where it at? Is it in our holding bay? You have not turned into Corvette. You 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 had to immediately if you remember correctly, when you when you finished your last mission, you had to immediately go, Oh, oh, I see. You're talking oh, I'm sorry, you're talking about the, the pirate vessel you captured. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. 
I was like, no. I'm trying to think of how to get there very fast. Mm -hmm. That is a, that is currently impounded at Starbase 621. Oh. Right. That well, was it, kind of what I was figuring. Yes. Hmm. That is currently impounded at Starbase 621. I believe one of our shuttles was due for maintenance at 621. Uh, we should probably just eject the shuttle up now while we're running some diagnostics. Well, a all of our shuttles right now, and this is very important for you to know, Chief Tech. Mm? All of them are down for maintenance. What? Since, but I didn't have anything on. Oh. 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 So, as soon as that is lifted. And I turn to Exu. Your time in command will have to wait. Just that much longer. She gives you a sad smile back. See, and I always thought you'd take it from me in glorious combat. <laughs> I'd rather- about, You're about six sectors away from the coordinates that were sent to you. So it's, it's, it is gonna be a journey. It's enough that I want the fast trip, yes. Yeah, it's going to be a journey. Yeah. Uh, and coincidentally, the deniable ship and the good at hiding ship, but like, uh, the problem... Um, the problem is that Sol is a notoriously terrible pilot. <laughs> like a notorious, like that's why my I was despairing of that reason con. That's why I went into intelligence because I couldn't get up the chain of command. That like cultural, traditional way of being a pilot. So I did something else. But here's the thing: isn't Vren due for a vacation? <laughs> Chief, I'm just saying. <laughs> now I'm just okay. This is all Xander, like fan casting. <laughs> Maybe Chief and and his brother is not so different after all. Like I'm kind of concerned a little bit. Maybe I Chief know something about counseling? apples and trees. Uh, but no, go back to confirmed. practicing to fight a Gem Hadar, you bastion of good judgment. Yeah. <laughs> um, that different. Thank you. Different. Anyway. I don't know any other pilots. Do you know any other pilots? I don't want you to go alone. <laughs> I don't want to leave you without the best pilot in the quadrant. Mm. From a completely biased source. You know, <laughs> I, I continually thought that Gina was just amazed at me for just a really long time. Yeah, it does look like that. It does look like that. <laughs> I was like, whoa, is it really so outlandish that I've been bred? <laughs> Gina's pulling a full data right now. It's just like, <laughs> the hologram is glitching. Yeah. <laughs> you picked a hell of a time. Okay. Okay. Oh, just the weirdest question in the world. Ask. Um. What What is your, like, what is your con score, Lacat? My con score? Uh, yeah. Well, my con score is two, but with control, it's my control is eleven. Okay. All right. Respectable. And you want me to fly your plane? I just I just plane. wanted to know whether whether you could. <laughs> I just I can't believe you would rope me into this. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I am I love into breaking it. rules. 
it just my record is perfect and you <laughs> dare do this to me <laughs> i'm in let's do it <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh. I mean, look, it's that or friend. It's who do you rather bring my sweet baby boy into this? Uh, <laughs> no, but this actually should be a should be an in character conversation if it's if we're going oh, to yes, do actually, this. So why don't we keep it late in the evening so we'll cut to Lacat's quarters? Who is all there? In Lacat's quarters? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like. <laughs> Because I imagine the captain shows up at your door late at night to have, uh, to oh, have, this is you know, to whisper. Night. Oh, this is well, the date so, night I promised was happening. Mm, yeah, but right. I mean, this is, this. so just keep in mind, this is late enough where everyone's probably asleep. Oh, okay. But this is yeah. also kind of one of those. Right, because I was supposed immediate... to be sleeping before all these messages and each one took like half an hour turnaround. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh, that's Orwell. So it's, it's. When the captain shows up at your quarters in the middle of the night, when it's dark in the corridors of the USS Ross, because we're on, we're coming to the end of beta shift now. Yeah. Um, you are kind of alarmed to see Captain Saul standing there. Is anybody with Captain Saul? Like, is this something that Chief Tech would also attend, or? I think the tech is like looking at the safety of whatever mission is coming up. So if there is supposed to be like a shuttle or a transport or something like that, that's, so that's what tech your is agenda right now. Okay. Yeah. Computer and, and Gina's computer completely froze. So, oh, yeah. So she's messaging us right now, letting her know it completely froze. So, um, if if she comes back, then we'll say if she says that Exio is there, then we'll say Exio is there. Okay. Um, uh, but otherwise, you see Captain Sol standing in front of you at in your quarters. Uh, I think that uh, Stark and Jane's room. Uh, LaCat is actually the, uh, I mean, not LaCat, Orwell is actually the one that greets you before LaCat, Captain. <laughs> um, I think that you are one of the people that Orwell likes, so... That was the very first check we made in this game, yes. That was the mm -hmm. very first check we made in this game, wow, throwback. Um, I would say that LaCat definitely has the data pad in her hand, and it looks like she has been up for a while. Oh my god. Okay. Um, oh no, she goes, there goes Sajina. Um... There are two of you for a second. I was like, oh my god, Ravenies are changing. <laughs> oh, um, I immediately yeah. went to like, oh, twins! <laughs> twins. Two! <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have two of the cats. Um, but yeah, so, Captain, uh, did, is, is everything all right? I look down at the data pad. You tell me, are you working on the apocalypse? I mean, it hopefully won't be the apocalypse if we can do anything about it. I don't intend for it to be the apocalypse, Captain. But I like your spirit. And at this point, I assume that Orwell's kind of climbed me and oh, yes. stole, <laughs> in effect. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. I, I think that she gives, Jane gives one half-hearted Orwell down and you know, doesn't listen. None of us listens, yes. Was, uh, does that... Do you want me to take him off? I can, I'm sorry. He's, he's fine. He's not biting you, that's something. <laughs> not bad. Uh, Dangerous creatures, get along with you. Funny you should mention. I'm... 
And and still sort of looks side by side in the hallway because I don't think they have come in yet. I don't think they have presumed that. No, and Jane hasn't quite invited you in yet. But you do the look, and Jane t- takes a few steps back and invites you in. We can head to my quarters if you'd prefer. I don't want to. I would prefer that. I don't want to disturb. And she points over her shoulder. And um, I think that's a good never idea. Well, this is actually kind of amazing. Let's go. And uh, so we'll move this conversation down to the quarters and just didn't take Orwell off. Oh yeah, Orwell's coming coming with us because we also know he would be terrible while you're gone and that could wake up Shanto. That would wake up, it would absolutely work. And you know what, she's sleeping so we're taking Oral with us and he is very content. He's like, we're going on an adventure. It's field trips to new places with new fabrics that I can tear. He's kind of like chittering in your ear, like he's having a conversation with you. Um, kind of like a husky will talk at you when they haven't seen you after a while, but it's Orwell talking at you because he hasn't seen you in a while. Okay. Anyway, so we might get all the way to your quarters because mm-hmm. Jane is beelining and is trying to be, um, in fact, she turns to you as we're walking and is, uh, is taking everything in my willpower not to just start asking questions now, Captain. I'm told that's your day, isn't it? <laughs> Is it at least scientifically engaging, the apocalypse? Like, for me, it's just terrifying because there's nothing that I can do about it and I only partway understand it, but is it at least... Sometimes oh. something very terrible can be fascinating and interesting. I had a moment like that today. Is the apocalypse like that? I... Yes. I don't remember who it was. I think I said this to Ren once, but I feel like I function the best when it feels like the world is on fire. Um, so yeah. You're very uh, cool in a crisis. I'm sorry, can you repeat that? You are very cool in a crisis, I've noticed. Thank you. I like to think that it's years of childhood trauma manifesting in probably the healthiest way I'll ever process that. I don't know. You may find new heights of health and normalcy to find very off-putting if you ever get there. Captain, I mean this in the sincerest way possible. I think that if that was I ever had a hope for such a thing, it would be on this ship. Anyway. Oh, so feels guilty now. (laughs) (laughs) All Um, right, so we get there. Uh, Can I get you a drink? I don't want a drink, I want answers. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Uh, Sol doesn't want a drink, they want something to do with their hands. That's fair, Um, you have Orwell in your hands. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, Orwell's around the neck, so it's like, it's so wanted something to do with both of their hands. And Orwell was like one of the hands at the moment. And so they try to drink, but like Orwell still wants the one hand. Um, um, 
Jean LeCat actually pulls out a whatever the Star Trek version of a fidget spinner is, and she has one of those on for Bren, which she kind of just like puts in his hands when we're hanging out. So she kind of sees you like go for the glass and then like reconsider, and so she pulls out Star Trek fidget spinner and holds it out to you like a little badgy finished it spinner murderous yeah. look on its face just, just... there's reason to believe that the syndicate has risen and is involved in a gun running across the quadrant including to Legat Null Vamek who is fomenting rebellion from zealot disaffected Cardassians, mainly ex-military, and therefore very possibly uh, eventually going to attempt a retake. Who knows what else? Uh, but unduly fascinated with Polaron weapons in a way that, in the context of what you're working on, frankly concerns me. And I have no reason to believe that uh, anything is going to be done about that information unless we do it ourselves. Alas, that is in flagrant violation of every rule that exists, and so it would be very bad if I were to be in any way involved. And alas, I simply so could not do that alone. You simply could not do that alone. Um, I see that you will not be getting involved alone at all. And, um, it would be wow the problem is lieutenant yes captain i'm shit at flying I and he's too sweet would not let you take him honestly I like to think I wouldn't ask. So when are we leaving? When you show me your pilot scores. Oh. You're down. I don't think that I could be friends with Ren without having pilot skills. Let's, uh... Not because Vren demands it of you, but because you are competitive enough that you need to be at least proficient in his field, even though he doesn't know much of anything about yours. Absolutely. You understand me. And this is why I think that we've gotten along so well. I feel like we haven't had a chance to talk much before now. And, and this is not exactly the opportunity that I was expecting for it. But it's kind of an exciting one. I told you I do the best work when it feels like the world's on fire. Do you want me to prove my piloting skills to you right now? You don't seem very busy. It seems like we're kind of on a timer. So the sooner I can show you, the sooner we can be off. We're going to the holodeck. Are you ready to go to the holodeck? You're going to the holodeck. 
<laughs> the two of you exit at what's probably like 3.30 in the morning ship time and head straight to Holodeck 2. I don't need a cliffhanger this week. You did this. You 100% did this. <laughs> Jane. We did it. And Captain Saul head to the holodeck to do a quick test run. And that's where we're going to pause our game for tonight. Can I add uh, a tiny button on the end of that? Yeah. Heck, while working on uh, whatever means we had decided that they're going to be taking, whether it's a shuttle to get to the faster ship or whatever, mm -hmm. Heck is packing a bag to maybe okay. potentially come along. Okay. But that's all that we see. Okay. And cut, cut to McCrell in the holodeck running simulations of fights from the Dominion War. Okay. Oh, it's just a yeah. montage of like where everyone is in the yeah. cool song playing the over the final top. I'm going to add to that montage. I'm going to add to that montage Yuri Prawl laying in his bed trying to sleep at night, looking at the sign-up list and seeing that a Dominion soldier has signed up <gasps> and then immediately puts his name down. <sighs> immediately puts his name on that list. Um, that Very is going good. to do it. That's going to that's gonna be our button for tonight. <laughs> This has been one of my favorite sessions we've had in a long time. And where y'all are going, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to take my GM notes and throw them out the window. And I'm going to see what y'all what do with this. But this is... Um, I was ready to set a goose loose, but Xander. Xander. You got <laughs> loose the whole flock. Oh, we have a Gina in chat. I'm so sorry oh. you had tech issues, Gina. <laughs> oh, I'll come as soon as I can. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Y'all, thank you so much for joining us for this very interesting episode of Clear Skies. <laughs> Unfortunately, because Blood of the Void is up next Monday, it'll be a Ooh. good chunk of time before we pick up where we left off. So uh, stay tuned. Catch us on uh, not this coming Monday, but the Monday after. And of course, Blood of the Void this Monday. They are up to shenanigans as well. Aki continues to hint that some really heavy shit is going down <laughs> particularly for their character as well so definitely stay tuned um thank you all as always so much for supporting the stream punks ox crew we absolutely love you um we hope you enjoy some of the announcements that we've got coming up and the announcements we've had this morning the this morning um <laughs> we will catch you in about two weeks until then my friends hailing frequencies are closed <laughs>